Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Acebo. And this week, uh, for Christmas, we've got a special episode here with a special guest. It's our good friend... Brianna Pierce. Hey! Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You gonna do Christmas music the whole time, Andrew? Uh, only if it's slightly racially insensitive. Is that one slightly racially insensitive? No, no, not that one, but there is... Which there is Christmas some... music is racially insensitive? Well, I'm sure we can come up with some if we really look, but no, I was thinking about the music that's playing behind um, Grandma when she's talking about, like, her Mexican traditions, oh. where I'm like, oh! Oh, I fully did not clock this. Well, I only clocked it on the re-listen, so those are the special insights you guys get to look forward to. <laughs> okay. Back to our guest. Hi. Hi, Brianna. Welcome to the show. Um, so we asked you to be on this episode. It's a Christmas episode. I don't know. What's your history with Odyssey? Like, how did how did we get here? How did we get here? That's a great question. Um, growing up, we had a uh, like a a CD that some I have no idea where it came from. I don't know if my parents bought it or if it was a gift or where it came from. But we had like. A single CD? No, we had four CDs, but they were in one album. Uh huh. Cool, and cool, cool. it was, I like remember four very specific episodes. It was the the two part Christmas Imagination Station where Connie and Eugene go back in time. Back to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, it good Christmas was... episode, but not covered today. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it was Waylaid in the Windy City, which you have covered. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And then I looked up beforehand because I couldn't remember the name of the other one, but it was Melanie's Diary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do remember that one. Yeah. Those were the four. That's, That's a good era there. of the show. I feel like to get any random album, like, you did all right for yourself. Yeah. It was nice. You could have ended up with the Ties of the Bind or something. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but maybe. Not, yeah, it's if you got really into it in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so was that a, like, do you have, you have no idea how that, how you wound up with that CD? It was just there? Yeah, no clue. It just was there. Much like most of the CDs in my house, honestly. Okay. That, mm, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what context did you listen to it in? Like, just listen to it. Like, like just, like, the, but, the like, round. by yourself on a CD player with the family in a car? Yeah. Like. By myself or with, like, my sister who I shared a room with. Mm. Oh, okay, there you okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, a nice pink and white boom box that we, oh, like. Oh, there yeah, you go. It was yeah. good. It could, do, it could do tape cassettes and CDs. Yeah. Uh-huh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know incredible. the kind. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good good memories of the show? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. We listened to them, like, a lot because they were the only ones we had. Oh, okay. Sure. It was, so. like, the only, like, and it wasn't even, like, the like we had no other, like, audio drama or any, like, kind of context for that. Maybe that's why I like podcasts now is, is just listening to those Odyssey CDs over and over. I mean, look, that's often been my take. <laughs> the, kind of the premise of the show. Sure. <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. You fit right in. Oh, well, that's fun. That and is then, so cool. Yeah. And the uh, fact that it was just one album yes. makes it even better. Because, like, I know, like, if you guys listen to it all the time, how easy would it be- have been for your parents to just, like, go to Lifeway Books and get another one? <laughs> right. Or rent it from the church library. Borrow, but, even. Borrow. Borrow, yes. Definitely not 
take. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while, I see them on the shelves at the school libraries, at the like elementary schools I work at. And that is a weird experience. Yeah. That. That's surprising. Like mixed in with the, like, with books on CD, there's occasional random episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. That's and it is cool. always... Huh. <laughs> I so... always clock them immediately because I would recognize them anywhere. And then it's like, why is this on the <laughs> shelf at a public school? How? That's bizarre. Do, do they know? <laughs> they I have assume, to just be donated. Right. I yes. assume somebody has be. donated them because also it is 2022, almost 2023, who is checking out a CD at an elementary school library? Yeah. I Like is that do even they, an no, option? No. I, I don't think I can get CDs when I was in elementary school. Like I think mm-hmm. it was books or nothing at the school library. Yeah. Yeah. At like yeah. public library you could get a couple CDs, mm-hmm. you get books on tape, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could get, like, when I started, VHSs, eventually DVDs. Ooh. Yeah. Old enough. To, yeah, yeah. I didn't go to the library consistently enough in, like, my high school years to, like, really take advantage of it, but, like, my dad would always rent tons of movies from the library. Mm-hmm. And half the time he wouldn't watch them. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. And some of them we kept. So now you know where that <laughs> came from. <laughs> great. The uh, the episode we're talking about today is uh, Grandma's Christmas Vacation. Uh, it's one of the... F- I, I was... There are so many Christmas episodes of Odyssey in my mind that I was surprised at how few there were left for us to cover. <laughs> like, this episode's fine, but I did kind of feel like I was scraping the bottom of the barrel. But the deal is, it, uh, it first aired December 18th of 2010... Um, and yeah, it was off of album 52, which is the second one after like the soft reboot. So we've got new, uh, Odyssey, new, new John Avery Whitaker, new characters in general. And it, um, yeah, it is written by three people, which I don't know if we've ever run into before, or maybe we have like once. Yeah, but, but it was probably for like Kirby a Kirby Atkins, episode. Dave Arnold, and Paul McCusker all have writing credits on this one. Um, huh. And Paul McCusker directed it then, um, which just, yeah, I don't know. Feels like a lot of people in the room for what's ultimately like not that mm-hmm. like impactful an episode. No, no. <laughs> but they really, I mean, they... And this is my thing with this episode is I can't tell if they like going over the top for Christmas and just doing a bunch of stuff and saying that, like, that's how we should celebrate it or they're like taking it down. Like, I I, I can't quite understand where focus has landed on this. You're saying, is it should we be leaning into the busyness or away from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the point isn't very clearly made here. Right, I think the point ultimately ends up being some people should lean into it and others shouldn't. <laughs> sure. I, that was something that I liked about it, though. Yeah, like, on the yeah. first listen, I was, like, really expecting it to be, like, one of these, like, oh, Christmas is too busy. We need mm-hmm. to just, like, all take a step back, which is, like, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> We're, like, a good meditative Christmas season. Yeah, it's but, nice. like, I kind of loved that by the end they were, like, oh, this is... It's fine to do fun things. Yeah. This yeah. is good. Do your fun things. And, and like, also, like, if you need to chill, chill. It's all good. Do whatever you want. It's all good. 
Yeah. I was like, that's nice. I appreciate nice. it. I, I Surprise appreciate and nuance. It. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of complexity here. No way. Actually, there's a there's a decent amount of complexity in this episode that I did not predict going into it. I can't decide if this episode is nuanced or just doesn't feel like making any choices. Sure. <laughs> yes, also that. <laughs> Let me uh, introduce you to the bisexual population. <laughs> <laughs> Nuanced or just not interested in making choices? Yeah. Okay. News to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So um, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to hit off the top here. Um, I guess I have a question, Dylan. Okay. And it's for, for Brianna. Oh, uh, darn. I was really you... hoping this was for me. <laughs> Did you notice that wit's different from the wit that you listen yes. to? Okay, yes. was that like that was like oh, it very okay. quickly was like I was like, huh, this feels was it wrong. Repulsive. I, <laughs> yeah, and I was I was surprised because I don't like I wasn't expecting to really like have a ton. Is Connie different too? No. Nope. Okay, Connie's, Connie's the, same. the same. I was like, I can't tell. Eugene's definitely the same. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, yep. Wow. <laughs> what is that attitude? <laughs> No, it just, I was like, as soon as he started talking, I was like, I know who this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when Wit was talking at first, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I just was not the Wit that I remembered. No, of course. It's actually uh, the the voice of the newest owl in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> in like the 2011 movie. No way. Yeah. yeah That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, you can think. Dylan for that one, I think he. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I cast, I cast him as Owl, mm -hmm. so you can yeah, thank yeah. me for that. <laughs> yep, yep. In, in 2011, mm -hmm. I was a big, big time casting it. Well, you knew I was so excited to see the movie, and I was kind of holding on to the last grips of my childhood wonder. So you really pulled some strings, and I appreciate it. <laughs> it sounds like this man is like making a career of like taking nostalgic characters and then and then ruining. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being being like I listen. I'm not trying to like disparage, but like you when you're filling big shoes you yeah. know oh yeah i'm not trying to parage if you know <laughs> if you catch my drift excuse wait you're not trying to parage <laughs> yeah as opposed to i'm not trying to disparage i'm not trying to parage yeah. i'm over here trying to be nice andrew's over here like mm. i'm not trying to be nice <laughs> <laughs> andrew didn't come to make friends right. <laughs> Not yeah. with Andre Stoika. He's my <laughs> mortal enemy. <laughs> oh, wow. That's rivals. Strong. But yeah, so the Back to Bethlehem, like that that era of, of album that you were listening to, or episode you were listening to, is Hal Smith. Mm -hmm. he's, he's the first wit. Then there's Paul Herlinger, and now there's Andre Stoika, who is the one in this episode. Mm. But Hal Smith was the original owl in Winnie the Pooh. <sighs> yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. That's that incredible. Was one of the best things I learned about Odyssey as a result of making this show. That's <laughs> I loved Winnie the Pooh. And they make, like, the Odyssey um, sports teams is the Odyssey Owl. That's Owls, beautiful. Like, be in remembrance of Hal Smith. Of Hal Smith. Well, and right now it also applies to Andre. But, but yeah. That's beautiful that's so touching <laughs> i don't have that much of like winnie the pooh nostalgia oh, so this dude. didn't like hit me as hard as news but i'm glad i'm glad you guys that's are why, impacted yeah. by this yeah i know i mean hey, there's just some fun i'm a feeler you know i got lots of feelings <laughs> are you implying i don't have feelings andrew no i'm implying that you uh have a much more moderate experience of your feelings <laughs> than i do mm, probably <laughs> well said <laughs> 
Ouch. <laughs> I should stop having friends on the show. <laughs> Give them permission to be mean to me. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people want. This is what the talk squad have been waiting to hear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Let's talk about uh-huh. how Dylan copes with his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I want to get I want to get into your own Christmas experiences, both <laughs> of you. But I feel like that's maybe best explored throughout the episode, okay, um, rather than off the top. Yeah. So I think at this point I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the promo, and then we can actually get into the meat of this. But Wonderful. rest assured, there will be more anecdote. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, everybody has Christmas traditions they enjoy at home. Why not do some of them here at Wits End? But will all the planning result in Yuletide chaos? This whole idea seems to be getting bigger by the minute. I think it was a little off in my potpourri <laughs> <laughs> mix. Let's hurry before everyone's asphyxiated. Spend your Christmas with us on Adventures in Odyssey. Yuletide chaos. <laughs> exactly. Also, in this show for uh, 8 to 12 year olds, just yelling the word asphyxiation. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> I have to say, 12 year old Brianna would have loved that. Oh, I'd, yeah. be, oh, she, no. I'd be like, ooh, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is going to yes, get please. me praise from adults later. Yeah, exactly. That's my entire personality. <laughs> Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. See, see, it's, it's not just faith that they're trying to teach through this show. It's also yes. vocabulary. Words. Uh, actually, that's a, that's a poignant, there's uh, the succumb bit with the crossword puzzle later. So sure. there's a lot of really good vocab words in this episode. I don't think that that one's very well, like, I don't think they totally land the plight on the succumb thing, but we can get to it later. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we start out, we've got, we've got the Parker family, mm-hmm. who, to recap, we've got David and Eva are the parents, mm-hmm. and then the children in oldest to youngest are Olivia, then Matthew, and then Camilla. Mm-hmm. I was not, I didn't yeah, follow that right, episode. Exactly. That's very helpful, it's, thank you. <laughs> it's really not made clear, and I had to, like, check the notes a couple times to be like, okay, who is who? So we've got Lucia, who is Eva's mom, um... Shout out to Odyssey's biracial family. We do stand. <laughs> we um, do stand. But like the and then right, and we also have Connie Witt and Eugene, staple characters we all can assume, you know. Mm-hmm. Even whatever. I knew them. Right. And then weirdly, Emily's hanging out with them. Yeah, because of course she is. What's her deal? I think I had some questions Pichelli about her was deal. Owed yeah. money. <laughs> so right. So Emily is um matthew's age okay so the two of them are friends they have an amateur detective agency they are in middle school at this point i think they might be younger okay maybe late elementary yeah okay (laughs) so um and then emily's older brother is barrett who we hear referenced but he gets sick he was supposed to be playing joseph got it but yeah it is it's not the episode doesn't do you a ton of favors if you aren't familiar with these characters, which yeah. also, like, fair enough. Yeah. But I am just like, okay, so we've got, like, Wit, two people who work for Wit, and then a child who's just there and has mm-hmm. no connection to any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just instantly accepted, cool, yeah, this is fine. Right, exactly. Out. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, 
Yeah, normal. Yeah. normal I hear adult adults, voices yeah. and child voices. Right. This is fine. There's this episode n- no red flags. Really did feel like we're gonna try and do a massive episode, but we also have a budget of how many voice actors we can <laughs> yeah. hire. Very much so. And then they just stuck John Campbell with all the work of doing the foley for everything. <laughs> Which uh, props to him, because the foley in this episode is incredible. Yeah, but John Campbell is the is does the music, not the foley. Oh, who does the foley? Uh, is episodes uh, post productions by Gap Digital. So, oh, there you go, Gap Digital, which is oh gosh, it's Todd Busteed's company, who was previously a producer on Odyssey. Not helpful, but you know, I love that you know that though, and I appreciate that great. about you. Yep, it's it's a it's a good quality. That's what I love. <laughs> but so okay, so the episode begins with Grandma Lucia showing up with three suitcases full of stuff because mm-hmm. um, she is coming to stay with the Parkers for the holidays. And there's... I, the kids all, I guess, are meeting their grandma for the first time. It, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like that a bit. <laughs> there's confusion over what to call her in a way that felt really weird. I I don't know. I feel like I've had that experience of even like... When I introduce my parents to people, I'm like, this is, this is, these are my parents. And like, I don't know who, like, I don't know what they want to be called. No, I get that. So it's later on. Mom and dad. Later on, they do the thing where they're introducing her to wit. And that is, that energy is understandable. Mm -hmm. Right. But there is a point at which like, they say hi to her as grandma. And then she's like, well, call me Abuelita. And they're like, mm. which, sorry, everyone for my Spanish um. pronunciation. It's going to be bad. And then, and then she's, and then they're like, uh, we can't, we don't know how to say that. And so the, she's like, just call me Nana. And I was like, how is this, this is being not... established? <laughs> how is this better? <laughs> but this is a weird thing to establish in like minute two. Yeah. With, this is their grandmother. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully they mm-hmm. have some... Like, these are not tiny children. Hopefully they have an idea of what to call her. I don't know. Also, and I didn't do, like... I had heard this episode before and mm-hmm. heard, like, the previous album and whatnot. And I didn't do... But I didn't go back and listen to anything. This is her third episode. Okay. So it's not even that they're establishing her as a character on the show? Huh. Hmm. So it was just poorly written. That's cool. That's great. Huh. <laughs> Love that. Hmm. Also, uh, resident Spanish expert, uh, we, we've previously called on you. I don't know. That, that feels uh-huh. strong. Uh-huh. That I feels know it a little is. strong. I love, I love, I love forcing my friends uh, into titles that they uh, haven't earned. Um, <laughs> yeah. As long so, as it's clear. So abuela is grandma, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this just like a cuter way of saying that? Yeah, it's that? a cute. That's exactly. It's like the difference it. yeah, between it's like, like grandma it's and granny or whatever yeah. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, technically the suffix ita means, like, little, but, like... Sure. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's basically just, like, a term of endearment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's that's what I was assuming, but also it doesn't come back, but I feel like that is how her character is refor- referred to in future episodes, because I definitely think of her as Abuelita. Mm. And uh, yeah, so this it, was, it made it even weirder that they were like, we're calling her Nana this episode <laughs> because we don't know how to say. Yikes. Oh, also, Spanish it's not word. hard. Nope. Not that well, hard. I mean, I'm I mean like you're not doing great, but I'm you're saying like it's recognizable, right? Like, yep. 
Like you could like it's it's letters that make well, sounds. Isn't it like, abuelita. Abuelita. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You said it much better. It's, you you've got not... a you got a better tongue for that sort of thing. I can't do it. It's... Can you roll your R's? No. Oh. Well, uh, the I voice wish. actor for Grandma can because she really <laughs> goes hard at it. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So there's there's this whole. How, how do we feel about the banter of uh, of of her having three suitcases? Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't remember this part from my two listens. And so I'm wondering if we had like an issue on my end. Oh. That's what I'm a little bit concerned about. Interesting. So where <laughs> does your episode start? It starts and they're like when they're introducing her to Wit. Oh, so you don't have the first scene. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I have well, no, I've not heard this. Oh yeah, club. definitely 25 on mine. Oh, interesting. I wonder if it's a difference between radio and club and what I sent you was the wrong audio. Well, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> great. I'm just going to gloss over okay. the first five minutes. It's fine. It's great. Well, no, tell so me more about know it. If it's, tell me more about the setup here. It's probably not going to be the first five minutes though, because likely... It's they... little bits and pieces. Yep. Yeah. Fine. We'll get to do this fun process of comparison oh, I'm since so I listen sorry. to something different. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. It's a game well, let's hope show. there's yeah, let's hope there's no big changes, but oh man, five minutes is a difference. <laughs> um so great. I mean that's that's basically there's just a line at which she shows up with three suitcases and they're going back and like they're like, that's so many suitcases and Eva chimes in to be like, a woman needs to pack more than a man does. Uh, yep, yep. So great. I was like, no. why is that here? No. Also, I'm pretty sure it's Ava. Is it? Oh, the the very, yes. I should have, I should have written. I mean, it's written with an E, sure. but it's pronounced mm-hmm. with an A. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely like in my notes was writing A-V-A just because of yep. being used to it. But yeah, even. Right. Okay. So in we, Spanish, E-V-A is going to be Ava. Ah, there you go. Yep. Uh, Like I said, not the Spanish expert for the show. (laughs) That is your title, not mine. (laughs) Uh, Okay, anyways. To be clear for our listeners, I had three years of high school Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) And you lived in Mexico for For five months. (laughs) That is... That's, that counts as, I have like, been to Mexico. That's the extent of... <laughs> mm, mm, hard disagree. <laughs> Look, if I'm going to call Drew our Greek expert... <laughs> and he, he hasn't passed Greek yet. No, he hasn't. Oh, no, he, he has. passed Greek. He's also passed Hebrew now. Oh, great. Good, His great semester for, just ended. He's thriving. Drew. Shout out to Drew. Shout so out to sorry. Drew. I did, had to find out this Drew way. can take all the language expert. Drew can just take the title of language expert. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't need a title. I'm good. His English abilities are... <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll be the English expert then. Go. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. That's. I'll take that one. Look, yes. you, you are I my... do speak English. Thank you, everyone, for noticing. <laughs> I'm actually bilingual. Look, you're my phone a friend for Spanish questions. Sure, sure. So then you can be our Spanish expert. Not a Spanish expert, but the best the show has. Okay, okay, sure. We set the bar low. And so you're usurped. I was going to say, I would love to replace you you with someone. Yeah, but at this point. You guys need to get out more. Okay, so we'll jump ahead to Brianna's first scene, (laughs) Mm. in which Wit, Connie, Eugene, and Emily have finished decorating the tree. 
Yeah, yes. and they are looking at it, and it's like, oh, it kind of looks different this year. Like, what's going on? And then they go to light it up, and it's presumably some sort of, like, light show. I don't know what's going on, but it, it's it been taken to, uh, like, it's been supersized mm-hmm. for this year to avoid being boring or yawn-inducing, as Eugene said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's blinded Connie, I believe. <laughs> Bit dramatic, but um, we don't know what kind of lights they mm-hmm. used. My uh, mental image for this was um, in college, we weren't allowed to have, we were only allowed to have one strand of lights uh, because of fire hazards. So we bought a hundred foot strand of lights. Um, (laughs) uh, Letter of the law, not the spirit of the law kind of thing over here. Really leaning into it. Um, That's what you do at Bible college. Yeah. (laughs) Strong Bible college energy. Um, (laughs) But uh, those lights that we purchased off Amazon had like a little remote and you could like set them to be like nice, gentle twinkle or you you could like literally set them to be like strobe lights and mm-hmm. these are the lights that i am imagining on this tree yeah, yeah. yeah. just so many and the tree's got to be huge right because it's wit's end sure yeah it's god's why, tree why not oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and then right so we've got the parker show up with their grandma um and they get to all you know bask in the glory of eugene's crazy light show mm-hmm. um and then there's this debate over, like, Wit's decorations not being that good. Yeah. <laughs> Connie so refers to them grown. as functional. Yeah, they're very functional. <laughs> what do you Call picture for functional Christmas decorations? What's Probably a functional what Christmas I decor? would do. <laughs> um, you don't like, buy stockings, you just use socks. <laughs> yes. <good. laughs> that, there you go. <laughs> That's about mm. it. No, I, I I feel like functional is just like we didn't go overboard. We just kind of went yeah. like baseline. Like yeah. we put it up a tree. It's got lights. They've got and there's ornaments and there's mm-hmm. maybe an angel on the top mm-hmm. and then we just move on. Okay, so no poinsettias, no garland. Is that that's not baseline for you? Because for me, that's baseline. I I don't know. Is that, should that be my baseline? That's yeah. not my baseline. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, there you go. This is not to say my mom does not do a very good job decorating oh, for Christmas. Excellent job. Your mom does a good job decorating always. <laughs> but I I have not, uh, I did not um, acquire her passion for it. Mm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, you know, it's fine. We have a Christmas tree at my apartment. My roommate put it up with his girlfriend and I did nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really proud when I came over and saw it. Not uh-huh. of you. Right. No, 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 no. Just, just that there was but a of Christmas. The apartment. I was really glad. Yeah. <laughs> Proud in the abstract. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it did It did feel nice that it went up. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I don't know, the work of putting up a tree <laughs> to then take it down like a few weeks later, especially like is probably not worth <laughs> it to me. I mean, you make your bed. Only because like people are over. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Just wanted to get to that on clear, record. The bed is made just because we are recording in the bedroom. I'm honored. I don't make it for Andrew most of the time. <laughs> wow. Just Sometimes I make it for you. <laughs> the one time I came in and Andrew was making my bed. And that was, was like, okay, I should probably make my bed now. That feels really good. I love that, Andrew. The one day a week that we record. <laughs> no, it wasn't a, It wasn't like a shot at you. You just weren't here yet. And I felt bad, so <laughs> I made it for you. Yeah, I know. But I did see it and go, okay, I guess I can do better. Shame. <laughs> I felt the shame. I didn't mean to shame. 
<laughs> I only wanted to love you, Dylan. Yeah. The other thing that Eugene has done is made the bell for the door play a little bit of Carol the Bells. Yes. Which is great. Energy. Yay, yeah. Eugene. Good job. If I, had, if I had a doorbell where you could do that, I would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that great. Was, that was excellent. Also, like, probably top 10 Christmas song, Carol of the Bells. Mm. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm, 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 I'm really, okay with that take. All, all versions, the John Williams choral version, great. Just your traditional instrumental, also great. The dubstep version that a guy <laughs> I knew in middle school made, fantastic. <laughs> Love that. You know? Mm. Wait, didn't the Trans-Siberian Orchestra do that? Trans-Siberian Orchestra has a good version, for sure, for sure. Always my favorite Christmas song to hear in concert. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one that I'm just like, I love, yeah, I love hearing it out and about. Like, it's just, it feels like Christmas. Mm. Mm. Okay, do we have, does any top Christmas songs, do you have one that's, that's, like, immediately comes to your mind? Hymns are included in this. Right. I was gonna say I'm I'm partial to a Christmas hymn. Like yeah, come that yeah. long oh, expected yeah. Jesus rules. Mm. Oh holy night will mm. always be my go-to mm-hmm. for just like if I have to give an answer. Um I have a lot of affection for joy to the world. Yeah. Um Me too. but that and then like and then I start becoming like obnoxious and subversive and like actually, you know, I really like the killers don't shoot me Santa. That sounds like it's great right. Christmas song. It is great, but like right, but I don't like being that guy. That's fair. as you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, uh Family Force Five has an excellent cover of Carol of the Bells as well. <laughs> they do. <laughs> it's fun, it's not on Spotify, and that's no, upsetting. It's enraging <laughs> that they don't have that christmas album on spotify whatever you got to do to get the rights come on people yeah seriously um, um i think for me it's probably o come o come emmanuel mm, that's a yeah a that, one. that one's that one's up there or i don't know what you would say that i'd be like mm, i don't know not so good <laughs> bad take <laughs> lukewarm lukewarm him i mean like <laughs> if i said jingle bells you'd be yeah okay right? yeah you're right <laughs> yeah. like yeah you found it op- there are options for sure mm-hmm. that would that I would. Yeah, that's yeah. upsetting. I could come right. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> a movie. We wish you a merry Christmas. Yeah. I think this is that this is the worst option. <laughs> Santa baby is pretty bad. Yeah, like that would. Yeah. If you said that, I'd be. I'd be like, mm. yuck. <laughs> or um, oh, baby, it's cold outside. I mean, that's slightly. I better have than like Santa a weird baby. affection for no, it. No, no, I do like it. It's, it's so song. well performed. It's just a problem. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's problematic, yeah, but it's yeah. also kind of a good song. No, no, yeah, it, it exists in the gray, as <laughs> many things do. Sure, sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, but top Christmas movie? White Christmas. White Christmas. Um, I I don't have so I Christmas specials like Charlie sure. Brown's Christmas. Mm-hmm. If I can I'm yes. okay with count that. that, I'll count yeah, that. Go. If it's got to be a feature length movie, I'm going. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Um, mm. a movie at which listeners to this show will have heard my journey with. Yeah. Um, because I had not listened to it before. Do like I'd listened to it as part of doing this podcast. So he go, go back it as well. I was, that's what I was, yes. I, I was wondering. <laughs> I watched it as part of doing this podcast. Go listen to our uh, Pokenberry. It's a Pokenberry Christmas coverage. If you want to hear me get. Yeah. I did not watch it for part one life. and I did watch it for part two. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Andrew, what, what, what do you have? Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Hands uh, down. Never seen it. Me neither. 
I'm leaving now. You guys can finish. This okay. me. <laughs> Have fun, buddy. I love the I, visual bit for listening. Yeah, absolutely no, I out. Well, I, they can hear my headphones slam. Uh, Not if I edit it out, which I will. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's not good no fully work, buddy. You're no Gap Digital. Hey, man. <laughs> how dare, how dare I suggest something like that? Uh, no, Muppet Christmas Carol and Michael Caine plays Scrooge. I think I, it's the I know all about it. Best adaptation of the Christmas Carol. Jim that's Henson's what last says. puppet movie. Uh, last yeah. Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah. Ten out of ten. I if I needed to give like a. 15 minute impromptu like academic argument like on a plane to save somebody's life or something i would mm. i would state that the muppet christmas carol is the best christmas movie okay <laughs> well if you know maybe we'll save that for the bonus show there you go <laughs> just put you on the spot yeah um okay <laughs> i don't even know where we are but that's good um that's how that's how these episodes no, should no. be so we're talking about um all of the christmas traditions right right we're in front of the tree saying it was oh this is too much it's blinding and they're like oh what do you do for christmas and some psychopaths suggest that they build giant gingerbread houses (laughs) so that wasn't in mine wait wait. they talk about gingerbread houses later but that wasn't there oh no tell me more (laughs) so to fill you in there's a lot of gingerbread talk there's a lot of gingerbread talk for sure we'll get to it they chime in with everyone's like we should do our own christmas traditions to yes. like and bring those to its end to make it better and for some reason emily is like my christmas tradition is that we would hi- make gingerbread houses and then hide gifts in the gingerbread houses and you would have to like find the gifts in the gingerbread houses and then connie goes Oh, that's interesting. My family built a huge gingerbread house and put gifts in that, and then those gifts would be used in a white elephant exchange. That was there. I just forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot of this during the the show of me being like, hmm. I do recall that. I think I didn't track with the fact that it was like a giant gingerbread house. I was thinking like... They have a bunch of little ones, and there's just, like, little things hidden in it. Right, which that was Emily's thing. Okay. And Connie's thing. But I'm like... So That's what I was confused about. Got it. I don't understand the... It's like a Great British Bake Off bake. Like, I've seen... Uh, yeah, that. sure. Like, those giant, <laughs> giant cakes. But, like, like structurally, yeah. that's gotta be, like... Just, like, what are you using as your, like... Like, there's no way they're using, like, your bread. normal royal icing. No, no, no. What like, I don't get is that we've got... We've got, hey, everybody, what are your Christmas traditions? And two people come back with, we hide stuff in gingerbread houses, which is something I've never heard no, of before. No, no, nope. no way. Nope. And then the other person comes back with Los Posadas. <laughs> Las Posadas. Thank you. And Los. This- <laughs> Yikes. I love going to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a good trick. Thank you. Happy to help. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, I'm so sorry for my Spanish. I should write it out phonetically. I should have done that. Spanish That's... is a phonetic language. But uh, it's a phonetic language. Like, look at the words Las Posadas, and it's like, yeah. there's no way you you're going to do that differently. Las, I would write with an A. Yeah. It has an A. Or it, what? Is it Los Posadas? Maybe I wrote Am it. I doing this wrong? No, I could have written it wrong. We have to find this out because I'm going to be really upset. Wait, but Los Angeles is with an F. Yes, oh. yes. Los oh. Ange- Which was your trick for me to remember it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's... It, 
Wait. Los Angeles. Yeah. Sure, but that's because Americans. Like, if. Wait, is. No. Yeah, Los Angeles is with an O. Yes, I'm like, you had me questioning that for a second, like for real in my real life, being like, wait a second, how do you spell Los Angeles? But yeah, but that's just because we've Americanized. Okay, no, it is Las Posadas. They're both A's. I wrote it. I was going to say, it definitely, like, if you wanted to say Los Angeles in Spanish, it would be Los Angeles. Like, it's not. exactly. Okay. Not even that. I said that badly, but it's fine. Okay. So, yeah, I wrote it wrong in my thing. Look, I'm just going to start pointing at people when it gets to the Spanish stuff. Mm, That'll be fun. Don't point at me, please. (laughs) I'll try. Yeah. And you don't want to hear that. Once again, I am so sorry to everyone listening. (laughs) In advance, me too. Just the weirdness of being like, okay, we're going to pick three Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. Two of them are we hide stuff in gingerbread houses. Which is what? not real. No one does this. It's not real. <laughs> like, is honestly... Tweet at Dylan and Andrew yeah. if, uh, <laughs> if you hide traditions. Are people, are they trying to start a holiday? Oh, for sure. Like, Absolutely. No, if I was a writer on this show, that's what my goal be, would be. To be a thing that families do from here on out and that they can point back to and be like, I created this idea. It feels what very like family's Easter. traditions for Christmas and why are they building gingerbread houses for <laughs> gift storage? Yeah. Also, like, right, it, uh, it forces you to disassemble the gingerbread house? Yeah. Sure. I mean, and, I mean, just, or buy absurdly small gifts and, like, all of that. Like, how are, like, the, so many logistical problems sense. of trying to put gifts inside of a gingerbread house. Do you guys have gingerbread house, like, tradition? Mm-hmm. Yes. We recently changed. We oh. always used to get like five little gingerbread houses and the four kids and my mother would would make them. And then my, my dad would hassle us about how he didn't get to have one because they came in sets of five. There, I have three siblings. Um, and then if we were like, oh, do you want to do it? He would be like, no, no, no. He, he didn't actually want to do it. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But last year we actually shifted away from that and did sugar cookies with like the royal icing flooding and all uh, that. And I'm the not what? sure. The royal icing yeah, flooding? Yeah, that's what it's called when you flood the cookie. You like cut like it's it's. Yeah. Like, you should watch more baking shows, Dylan. Yeah. It's is- like flood. So flooding is when you have the icing and you like basically like outline it and then fill it in. And then if you like do basically like a wet on wet where you have like different colors and you do it before it dries and then it dries hard and so flooding is basically that technique where it like will be flat even though you've used different colors in different layers Mm -hmm. oh okay and so as long as you do it fast enough before it dries yeah you know yeah yeah yeah. that's like the sharks sharks i made for for past and future guest adam deckard yes those (laughs) i love having all my friends on this podcast (laughs) so i can just refer to them as guests Mm -hmm. it's great Eventually, you'll be able to figure that. that. Eventually, you will know everyone in my life, listener. (laughs) The way this is trending. You already know most of my family, so. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Shout out to every one of Andrew's siblings who have been a guest. The thing I will say about the sugar cookie tradition that has happened for one year you, and will happen this year. It okay. will happen this year, so that's two years. So two years makes a tradition. Um, two is a pattern. Um, <laughs> the thing I'll say about it is the reason we shifted towards that has to do with something that comes up later in this episode when one of the kids, I don't know which one, is complaining about how they want to eat the gingerbread house. Mm-hmm. Y'all eat your gingerbread houses? No. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what? You do? Do you like it? 
I know. Okay. No. I want to hear your gingerbread house story. No, yeah. We just get one like medium-sized gingerbread house, and we uh, typically kit situation, and we all decorate it together, or whoever's home when it is purchased decorates it, and then yeah, over the course of like Christmas week or so, we snack on it and pick off all the candy, and then when there's no candy left, you can like break it up and use it in like tea and stuff as like a little tea biscuit. Yeah, no, it's nice. Gotcha. So, my gingerbread house experience is so different than everyone else's, apparently. I didn't even know until extremely recently that gingerbread house kits existed. What? That was just, like, not a thing that I was aware of. The gingerbread house... I was gonna say, this checks out, yeah! yeah. So, I had a tradition where my, my mother and my siblings and I would go over with two of... Um, my mom's friends and her children um, and we would make gingerbread houses out of graham crackers and like an icing that she made but the icing was made of egg whites like this was not a oh, thing like a to mm-hmm. but this was not well you can put egg whites in like if you want to make a royal icing oh like it depends on you need some type of thickening agent anyway this was not a gingerbread like I've never eaten a gingerbread house because this was not a gingerbread house that would taste good mm-hmm. the point they don't. was like they don't anyway. Do you not like gingerbread? Gingerbread, like I'll have like a ginger snap, but like. What about like a gingerbread man? It's fine. Oh no! See, this is where we disagree. I love gingerbread. Yeah, gingerbread's great. Yeah. Sorry, you're but, outnumbered. But I've never had a gingerbread house that was. Gingerbread houses are like really hard and stale, and that's the problem. Yes, right. and very stale by the time right. you're eating them, right? Which, which makes sense. But yeah, so we never had like edible gingerbread houses, but we would construct the houses ourselves, mm-hmm. and we would yes. have this icing that was not tasty because it yeah. was not sweetened in any way. It was just glue. Oh wait, so wait, so egg whites and what else is in it? I don't know stuff to make it white. Like, it like some sort of I don't know I don't know if I, I truly don't know. So the thing that like usually makes like that type of so we would always need more icing than they give you in the kit because yeah. that's yeah we yeah. want it to actually be structurally sound. And maybe um, it was sweet and I didn't know, but I was told like we could not eat the icing. Probably because there was raw eggs in it, right? Not because it wasn't like it probably right. was powdered sugar. Like that's no, usually the yeah. thing that makes it sticky and okay. hold things together. Then okay. Then yeah, egg white I was gonna say, sugar. I was like, what are you just, putting in it? No, yeah. Violently look, I'm what is making it sticky? <laughs> Anyways, look, this tradition died years ago Sad. because it was with other. Well, because it was like a family, or it was like with like my mom's mm. friends and like you know my my like family friends as a kid and whatnot, and that just like was not gonna continue. You and your brothers could get together and make little graham cracker houses. No, but like, so here's the thing: is so on my on my mom's side, we do gingerbread like men mm-hmm. and. They have my my. Um, if we go over there for cookie baking, there's a massive gingerbread man like cutout thing, and then you all get to decorate a gingerbread man. Yeah. And so I've done that for years, and I hadn't for a while, and then it worked out in my schedule that I could be there this year, and so I made a gingerbread fox. Aww. Yeah. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> I love that. So no gingerbread houses, but gingerbread. Well, well, the no, graham cracker houses absolutely right. count. Count, count. Like I, that's what we always did. Like if we were having like a Christmas party at school or something like that. Mm, yeah, it's sure, like sure. the homemade icing and the graham crackers and milk cartons. Right. Mm. So my mom and the two other moms that you know did this whole thing were all teachers. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, checks that. out. Yep. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> I can connect those dots. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't until just now. Um, 
So, right. Um, Las Posadas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. Better. Okay. <laughs> Better than it was. We've got that. That's it's it's a uh, it's a pageant where people. It's as it's explained in the episode. It's a pageant where we've got people who dress up as Mary and Joseph, and they go house to house, and none of the houses let them in, and then they let them into the last one, and then there's a party. That's a very excellent spark notes version of a very culturally rich holiday (laughs) all i the only context i have for this holiday is this episode of adventures and odyssey which i have probably heard it twice in my life (laughs) that's fair i can't say that i have a ton more than that than it probably just from other assorted media where they borrow this tradition and (laughs) do it but um Yeah. yeah I have a question. Yeah. Was anyone from Mexico or, you know, even anywhere in Latin America involved in the making of this episode? So I tried to find that out. None of the three credited writers are themselves like Latinx. So I don't know. Um, the, uh, The voice actor playing Lucia is... So there's at That's least something. that. And I didn't actually check about Ava, but maybe. Okay. So, you know, we're, yeah, not right. entirely, but yes, I don't know what the, because that was the thing. When I saw there were three credited writers, I was like, oh, like two of them are standard Odyssey writers. And the third was one I didn't recognize. And I was like, oh, maybe he is a person with some sort of background that is like, applicable to what they are going for in this episode and the answer is no well (laughs) so you know thanks focus yeah hopes raised only to be dashed yeah Uh, so right who knows they might have only gotten the cliff notes of this holiday as well right (laughs) maybe they read the wikipedia article which is more than i did to be fair that's exactly Um, what i did (laughs) oh okay okay tell me more fill in the gaps that's all i've got i skimmed the wikipedia article and anything I missed or I mean, any like, other relevant info? It's a tradition that, like, takes place across Latin America, and so there's, like, a number of different regional varieties. Um, I did see a couple sources indicating that sometimes Mary and Joseph would sing at each house they stopped at. Oh, okay, um, Which was okay. not in this episode. Sure. Bummer. Missed opportunity for the bed. But um, overall, it, you know, based on my bare bones skim, it seems they got the bare bones correct. <laughs> okay. More or less. Sure. You know. We'll take it. As a at a very top level. Again, my familiarity with this tradition is skimming a Wikipedia article. <laughs> right. None of us to are be the clear. Not to be horrible. <laughs> None of us are the person to be speaking to this. If you are that person, write to us at wadfamchalkpot at gmail.com. <laughs> Genuinely would love to know. Yeah, truly. I I yeah. I love some good mm-hmm. yeah, international Christmas traditions. Yeah, but yeah, and then the other thing I saw is that sometimes on the last, uh, the last, like the last house you stop at. Oh, and this is the other thing. It is like, uh, it is over the course of I think it's nine days from the sixteenth to the twenty fourth. Oh, um, okay. So they do it every day, um, oh, wow. and then at the last house they stop, they like come in, they pray, they read scripture, they sing songs, um, which was interesting as like a missed opportunity for Odyssey to like include more spiritual content. Um, <laughs> they really don't seem concerned with that. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no. And Very then the last night, the last night on Christmas Eve, they'll do like a full mass. Oh, okay. Love. There you go. Love, love a good mass. Mm-hmm. 
So it is two weeks until Christmas, and there's concern over how they're going to be able to pull all this off. Uh, Connie takes charge and is like, I'm going to organize everything. Which I figured they were going to have blow up in her face way more than they did. Yeah. Like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, so this episode's about Connie biting off more than she can chew. As many episodes are. And then, you know, they all end up at Witsend being like, it's actually better if we just sit around and talk about Jesus instead. Mm -hmm. Which would have been fine. But... This is this is definitely slightly different than that, and uh, it was kind of what I was alluding to off the top. Where I, I, I don't know how I feel about this episode. Yeah, it's interesting. That was exactly where I was expecting it to go, and then it kept being like, oh, like there's minor things, like our Joseph is sick. You mm-hmm. know, what's his face shows up in jeans. It's like this is fine. This is kids having fun. This is yeah. great. Everybody's having a good time. Well, and like little bad things happen, like the donkey won't move and yeah. stuff like that. And I kept expecting the problem it is solved instantly to bubble over, like. <laughs> And it never did. Right, yeah. I, I made a note at one point of like, oh, this is going to be like an everything goes wrong kind yeah. of thing. And it's not, like stuff keeps going wrong, but none of it matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But also the characters don't seem to be like, oh, yes, nothing, none of it matters. Like they, like it doesn't seem to affect them one way or the other. Yes. It just just seems like these are things that are happening around them and we're being told them, but nobody actually is like there's no impact. Yes. Except positive or negative for uh Ava Parker. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which that is a very interesting subplot of this yes. episode. Yeah. So do you you get the crossword scene? No. No, you guys were talking about that crossword earlier, and I was like, did I read? So so (laughs) we we come in on Ava doing the crossword puzzle in the morning, and then Lucia comes in and is like an inner, and she's like talking to herself about like how great it is to just have some time to kick back and relax and do this crossword. It's one of like the few joys I have in life kind of deal. Ava is? Yes. Got it. And then Lucia shows up and drags is like well we need to go shopping we've mm-hmm. got all this stuff to do we've got all of these ingredients to pick up for food all of this stuff we've got a nail date we're taking all the girls in the family to go get their nails done <laughs> like i've arranged all this but i can't drive you're you like you've got to do that and so it gets to go and do all this and there's this weird moment where lucia accuses like kind of kind of harshly towards Ava pushes her on like not carrying on any of their family traditions Mm. yeah yeah and then they Mm. and then Ava says like oh don't uh like we don't need to have this argument again or whatever Mm. so I don't know if if that's discussed in one of her previous episodes I would be future ones I don't know I would be interested in listening to that episode and by that I mean I'd be very scared to listen to that episode. <laughs> I well, that's very helpful though because I feel like with this whole subplot on the version of this episode that I listened to, I was like very interested in like the tension that seemed to be there because it wasn't really set up at all. And mm. then you know, in the version I listened to, it ends up getting resolved without anyone ever vocalizing that there was a problem. Uh, <laughs> I was sure. like, like listen spoilers lucia comes and apologizes to ava and ava like in the version i listened to had never vocalized to lucia that there was an issue gotcha she doesn't 
to right. be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is it still exists as her frustration. She kind of vocalizes it to um her husband. Yes, I to have David that. later. Okay. But yeah, so this it all is just kind of mounting under the surface. Yes. Like okay. we are supposed to understand as the audience that they're that Ava's struggling in this way, but it's not it's communicated. It's not communicated. To Lucia. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that is important and relevant too, in that like Lucia is then able to pick up on that and come back around to it without her ending up saying anything. Like I do think that's an important thing to note. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, what well, the conversation between uh, Ava and David about everything, where David says like, "Oh, you know, you can say no." I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, I'm very surprised at this take." Also. Kind of a jerk thing to, like, not the time, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I I thought that it was very interesting to hear Odyssey take, like, a almost secular self-preservation kind of philosophy. Where it's like, you don't want to overextend yourself. Which is something that I've heard mixed opinions about within, uh, like, the Christian faith. Yeah, I... I don't know that it's, but yeah, it is, I don't know, it is self-care in a way that's not often preached. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That That's, I think, what I'm referring to. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's, that's, that's an interesting scene, because it almost feels, I don't know, yeah, David does feel like he's coming in a little harsh at moments. Yeah, Where he says, like, so you, do, you know you don't have to let your mother's chaos become your own. And she's like, well, I don't really have an option right mm-hmm. now like there are people coming over here you like, could help david yeah yeah for sure you hey, know david. You don't hey david <laughs> you don't have to be worried just because you have social anxiety <laughs> like sure. that's kind of what it feels like but i like, did wow. appreciate the like permission to say no because i yeah, did yeah. feel like i oh, feel yeah. like like i don't know i thought that was that was useful in it it would be, I thought at that point, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be the point of the subplot is like, she learns to like, take say a step, no. like yeah. to s- say no and like. Set healthy personal boundaries. Yeah. But that never happened either. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. No decisions made. would yeah. also like to underline that, right. In addition to not necessarily having writers with the same cultural background talking about this, all the writers are men. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not entirely a given for Odyssey, but also mm-hmm. most Very of the time. Hey, David, David, where are you, though? <laughs> you don't have to be worried. Why don't you just not be worried? Exactly. <laughs> I'll just I'll just tell you not to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, works great. Yeah. There, so, yeah. But the, the other interesting thing that comes from that exchange between, between Ava and David is she brings up that Lucia wouldn't know what to do with peace and quiet, which was a line that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, struck me in an interesting way. No, no, it was a good, it was, like, a, another surprising left hook from this episode where I was like, I'm surprised to hear Odyssey making that comment. Not that it's inappropriate or bad or anything, just it's not the kind of uh, morals and, like, relationship dynamic that you typically see represented. Well, right, it's this whole thing of, like, the episode is coming in and being, like, these, none of, all of these people are coming at things from a slightly different angle, and we're not really going to do anything with that other than present it to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's actually, maybe I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. 
Uh, yeah, yeah it was interesting like there was part of that exchange where i was like oh is lucia gonna be like the villain of this episode i'm gonna be like i wasn't i was like i don't want to please like, no. no this sucks but then she wasn't like she really like it really was like yeah i don't know i really appreciated lucia's agency and and also yeah. caring for ava like mm-hmm. towards the end being like hey i recognize that this has been chaos for you did you get the scene with Ava and Wit at the end? Or nope. sorry, not Ava and Wit, uh, <laughs> oh. Lucia and Wit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or Lucia, wait, Lucia and Wit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. We'll get to that later. Okay, cool. The Great. sexual Super. tension. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, there. Oh, no. It's not intentional. <gasps> no, I don't think but it's it intentional. Is. It <laughs> is. It's, it's strong. They're standing um, next to each other at midnight doing dishes. Cleaning no. up. Yeah. Talking about the two the old people, ah! yeah, the piece of uh, like after the chaos of a party, yep, it it's pretty steamy, and then church bells go off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, wow, I'm so glad I didn't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of lovely. No, it's it's really actually like a very sweet moment, and I was again great. surprised to have it in this no, episode. That's great, yeah, that's that's a real out of left field. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I feel like all the ways that this episode succeeded were on accident. So it <laughs> seems like it seems like the edited for radio version that you listen to is way less focused on the personal and more on all the hubbub. There's a lot mm-hmm. of hubbub for sure. Which, yeah. Yeah. Once again, what is the point of this episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So the we've got we've got this donkey named Jake. Mm-hmm. Who is who? Who they only have until seven, which is another part so of this good. whole mm-hmm. thing. I love that the donkey is like, "Sorry, all the donkey places are sold out. It's Christmas, man. Like, what yeah. are you gonna do?" That's great. Second-rate donkey. You know, all the places you rent donkeys from, like, <laughs> well, they're all booked. Yep. I don't even know where I would go to rent a donkey. I mean, I just ask I would, what the Amish neighbors. I was gonna say, I feel like I'd ask around. Yeah, you know, somebody's got a donkey. <laughs> There's so many donkeys, <laughs> at least in Lancaster. Oh, man. Above um, average. Above average. I feel like I don't see <laughs> that many donkeys. Above average numbers of donkeys. But, <laughs> sure, if you took the national average by county, probably yeah. we're yeah. in the upper half. Maybe. But yeah. like, Prob- Yeah, upper half for sure. 55th percentile, know. perhaps. Anyway, um, and then there's also, so we've got the donkey named Jake. He's got to get back to the place by seven. Um, that's being used for the that Mary and Joseph are going to ride across Odyssey, or I guess Mary's going to ride and Joseph's going to walk next to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eugene has designed farm smells for Wit's End, so that when they arrive, it will fe- it'll smell like a real farm. And Emily is designing a huge gingerbread house that then is going to have three gifts that when you find, you get to be contestants on a game show about a white elephant let's make a white elephant deal yeah which is not a kind of funny joke well no it's not but it's it's let's make a deal and they just shoved white elephant into the middle (laughs) yeah which is the same thing as like when we talked about the in the episode with andrew taven where we talked about guilt trip jeopardy which is what if we just took an existing thing and put another word there Like, if this was a pun or a fun twist, it would be one thing. But it's like, let's make a deal, but we're going to do it as, like, a white elephant exchange. What should we call it? Let's make a white elephant deal. Perfect. (laughs) No notes. 
<laughs> like it's a placeholder title that then we made the actual mm-hmm. episode. Potion endangered species. <laughs> mm. uh, Can we uh, talk about what the gifts were in the gingerbread house? Yes, please do. Please do. Because that made me really happy. Um, It was, one of them was a clip-on earring. So... Was the so the clip-on earring was what was one of the things or was something? That it was, was unclear. So she was like, "Yeah, you're a contestant now," but she was also like, "Oh, I knew I dropped that somewhere." It was right. like completely unclear. Was it her trying to play off that that wasn't one of the? I, I couldn't figure it out. No idea. Also, it was the, not addressed in the thirty-minute or twenty-five. Is it just me, or does the fact? Does it feel very, very conservative Christian to have to underline <laughs> that it is a clip-on earring? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Like, is that a, hey, no one will get stabbed trying to fight the, find this thing? Or is that a, we're not entirely comfortable with the concept of piercings <laughs> and feel like we need to highlight <laughs> that children shouldn't necessarily get piercings. This is just a clip-on earring. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's Connie's as well. So, I mean, Connie could... At- canonically wears earrings all the time well but they're this is the reveal of this episode is that they're all clip-ons they've been (laughs) clip-ons this whole time so what the other things it's a toe ring the toe i was don't remember what the second one was but the toe ring made me laugh and the the, toe ring is that made me really happy i don't know why that made me laugh but i was like that's great i'm so so glad i don't remember what matthew finds i feel like it's like Kind of like it was something innocuous, like a a bottle cap. Yeah, it was like something pointless. But also, the (laughs) fact that these are randomly scattered throughout this gingerhead gingerbread house on the inside, like the sound designing is unclear here. Like, are they ripping apart the gingerbread house? Are they like doing an eye spy on the outside of it? Connie also apparently has rigged it so that. Emily and Matthew. Oh, I thought that was a joke. I couldn't tell. I I thought that was a joke. Is it a meta joke joke? about the fact that these are the only actors they had hired for the episode, and so of course they're finding them? I'm going to hope so. I don't know. Yeah, I hope that's what I'm going with. Okay, so maybe it's not intentionally rigged, but the fact that some of the gifts are from a focus on the family standpoint standpoint extremely gendered oh makes it yeah. very funny <laughs> oh <laughs> where it's like what if matthew oh, yeah. found no. the toe ring? matthew doesn't yeah. no no jewelry for matthew no, no, like, no. what was it <sighs> i should have listened to it a third time to figure out know. what matthew got yeah i don't i don't remember <laughs> that is okay yeah. um yeah it's a very interesting like concept that they're doing with this whole like let's make a deal wheel of fortune type situation where they're trading in and giving uh thrift store values for these white elephant gifts right right so they get those they find those three things in the gingerbread house those are tokens which then unlocks their participation in the game show yes where they are given different gifts also it's not really structured like a white elephant that no. i've been a part of no i guess that's them trying to do the game show yes <laughs> but they some of the people get a choice and some don't it's focused the first person <laughs> has to so well yeah it was weird right so when i've played white elephant it was weird because the first gift she was like pick one of the two things but then right. for the second gift they were like no you don't get the thing she didn't pick it was something completely separate right. yes did not make sense and then right and then the last person had the chance choice to take something from a previous person or take something random yes which, which is, normal. is normal yeah mm-hmm. but yeah so what is it um 
oh gosh a Sputnik it's, cereal yeah. right which is great from the 50s right. Love. so uh, Camilla gets the socks yep yep gets Argyle socks also great great Emily winds up with a cereal box awesome. of Soviet, like, Sputnik cereal. Like it's rules. cinnamon. I want I, it. I, I also do. <laughs> Look, if there's anybody out there who wants to make us cinnamon Sputnik merch. <laughs> do it. I would be very happy is all That's I'm saying. That's how I would end up with my first merch from your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely wear a cinnamon Sputnik t-shirt. That rules. There we go. You know, hear, hear that, folks. If you want Brianna to buy a buy merch... <laughs> You're going to have to create it yeah, first. Space and cereal, <laughs> my have, two favorite things. <laughs> you have at least one person who will pay for it. Yeah, that's true. True. Not, not everything. Not anything. <laughs> there, there's a ceiling Me, to how much yeah, you'll There's pay. a ceiling to how much I will pay for your cinnamon Sputnik t-shirt. But, I want that to be that to be well established. <laughs> Before I'm committing, I'm, I've, I've already committed myself to spending money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening through the episode when that came up. I was like... Well, this should be the reason to have Brianna on this episode. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. You were already booked at that point, but I was like... This feels good. Yeah. This feels right. Yeah. Lines up. Uh, Space. Cereal. Vintage. Vintage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are all also cinnamon. It's cinnamon time of year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's always cinnamon time of year. Excellent point. (laughs) And then Matthew gets an eight-track tape. Yep. With something rattling around inside. Right. And so, so then, right, they, they all end up with those gifts, and then they open them up, mm-hmm. and Matthew, or there's a gift card in Camilla's socks. For the mall. How do you not notice a gift card $20 in your $20 gift card socks. in the socks. I mean, if they're, like, folded up, mm-hmm. they're not because they're used. But, like, imagine, <laughs> like, socks in packaging yeah, where they're, totally like, already slide. stiff. Oh, sure. I can. Then it makes sense. I guess. I, I'm skeptical, Odyssey. My suspension of disbelief was broken for a moment. Emily opens the cereal box, which also, it's a vintage cereal. I guess it was already I opened because someone had to put it? something in it. But she opens it to get the, there's a Soviet figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. the little Russian. Yes. Right, that's right. The little Russian inside. And he's got a necklace on. Yeah. So did Emily get <sighs> to keep the toe ring as well? So did she end up with a necklace well, and a toe ring? <laughs> And then Matthew opens up his eight-track tape, and there's a quarter in there. And he's like, oh, it's just a quarter. And then Eugene from across the room goes, <laughs> wait, let me see that quarter. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it, and it is a, uh, it's an expensive quarter, you know? It's worth a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. a silver quarter. That's like kind of worth a Worth north thing, of $100. I, I feel like it's a very folksy thing to like look through your change to see if any of them have like special years and stuff. Sure, sure. To be across the room no, and someone no. gets a quarter and to be like, wait, I need to see what this quarter is. And then to look at it and know immediately the value is over $100. I think there was a part of me that assumed Eugene was in on it. I think that oh. was my assumption. Was like, oh, wow. you Eugene collaborated so much with more credit, But you, sure, that's probably the better take. <laughs> Is it's it my the right head one? I was gonna Who say knows? that he was a closeted coin uh, coin collector. I mean, yeah, that would also fit. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, probably right. <sighs> um, yeah. And then Wit goes, uh, Connie, as these nice gifts are coming out, she's like, "Oh, Wit, you're ruining it! Like these aren't supposed to be nice." Right. And then Wit gets to say, uh, explains the outer wrapping isn't as valuable as what's inside. 
And then he gives everyone free ice cream at Witsend for the next week if they use the special (laughs) code word. Which is just the name of the holiday. Uh Uh-huh. And then we get our lovely final scene where Lucia stays to clean up the kitchen. Um, Yeah. Do we... Is it... Oh, it's earlier. It's before the final... um, the the game show that we have the scene between Ava and Lucia, mm-hmm. yes, um, which I feel like we do need to to hit on. But so she comes in and says to yeah, kind of uh, offers to Ava that she is going to run everything tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for helping out. Also, I feel bad. I will handle it all together. You can just kick back do a crossword puzzle, drink tea, and enjoy yourself. Which, love that yes. for you. Sounds like a good day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's like a nice tender moment between mother and daughter mm-hmm. of like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, which is, yeah, that I know you just wanted like this nice relaxing time and I did this. And then she makes a comment of, or Ava's just kind of like, how do you even do this? Like, I don't understand how you juggle all this stuff. And she says, if I slow down, maybe I'll stop completely. Yeah, that wasn't in mine. That comment. That's interesting. It is. Hmm. It's a commentary on aging. Yeah. Right. No, it is. Huh. But they don't really address it. But they do that, that, say. Yes, they don't really address it. It's just that line. They do but. say earlier uh, that her husband's dead, though. That is mentioned. Correct. Mm. Correct. She we makes do. a joke about him. She being does. a donkey and <laughs> says, yes. God rest his soul. Did you get that I part? did get okay. that, yes. <laughs> got, right, yeah. You got the joke about her yeah. dead husband being stubborn? <laughs> yeah. Good. Very important. But Yeah, can't cut that. No, that, no. That has is, to. A, yeah, and just that subtle, like, underlying theme, which I wasn't sure what was the moral going to be. So I was constantly looking for, like, how they're going to tie it together and they do spend a lot of time about talking about her work ethic and her familial relations and mm-hmm. uh, you know her interactions with her daughter and her and her grandkids and everything. But not in they don't. She's like it's not until there. the very end that she really gets to have like that one-on-one conversation with Wit about um, like the value of being busy and also the value of taking time to rest and like be present and uh like focus on yourself as opposed to doing things for other people that sounds like something they shouldn't have cut like that sounds like the whole point (laughs) yeah i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) feels like that would have been a really nice Uh, yeah i mean it, it 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 lands the plane a little bit better in like trying to set up like you know, the this dichotomy of these two. But I also, I think that at the script phase, they should have cut the whole white elephant bit. Yes. And oh, just yeah. made this truly an episode about the, like, Parker family. Like, center it more on the Parker family. Make it more, like, put the mother-daughter stuff in the forefront. Make it involve like the younger generation in that as well mm-hmm. and make it about like the town of odyssey coming together to celebrate this tradition for this old lady who doesn't have that many left and like she wanted to be with family but had to like leave her home 
and the tradition there and make that the center of it. I mean, yeah, that would be better. That would be like a nice heartwarming it's Christmas story. There, I was like really noticing, especially my second walk, like listen through how like Lucia is like not present through very much of the episode, right? Like mm-hmm. she kind of comes in and is like, oh, this was my, like it, it's her idea. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think the only other time in the version I listened to that we even hear from her at all is when she comes and apologizes to Ava. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so I was like... It's very interesting, this, like, dynamic that's centering around these two people. Mm-hmm. That well, she's, it's like, the not... premise for everything that's happening yeah. in the episode. But, it's but a... we don't see her driving Las Posadas forward. Right. No. Like, Connie she's not involved. Connie is the one who's pushing all of this. The kids are the ones who are excited and doing all of this. Like, it's she's not really Lucia's fault. She's right. not that. Right, she makes the food. Yeah. But... That's right. That's kind of it. And Not there in is, mine. Ava makes the food. <laughs> what? Well, Ava well, makes the a, food. A, yes. Yeah. But there, there's a there's a good joke about like not about like when Lucia takes on making the food, she makes a joke about like not being able to trust the other people in the town to do it right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah, would not trust <laughs> anybody. They're gonna go and buy make... tortillas rather than make them. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's not even tamales. Don't have tortillas. No. Ow. Well, here's the. I'm very dumb. <laughs> no, but in Odyssey, they probably would buy tortillas. Yeah, to make their tamales, <laughs> exactly. With, with some flour, mm-hmm. uh, like bleached flour tortillas. <laughs> Lukewarm, not fried. What is a tamale? Oh, tamales are delicious. They're so good. Mm-hmm. I know. Like- it's like a, so it's like a corn, like a corn dough, basically. And it's like wrapped in like banana leaves or corn, like corn leaves. Um traditionally banana leaves i think and then like meat or beans or some other type of filling inside and then you cook it it's mm-hmm. delicious nice. you they're very eat. involved like i did okay. have a reaction yeah. when ava was talking about making tamales so i was like dang girl like that's yeah. a like it is a whole ordeal mm-hmm. well yeah it's so it's like one of those things that you don't make unless you're having a big party yeah. and so like you just you know lean into the enormous process that is making a tamale yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah when i was in mexico we did do like a whole like we got a couple moms from the school together and like had a whole day of just making tamales as the like fundraiser for the school that we were like selling tamales that's lovely it was very nice i don't know if that's like a tradition a like typical like stereotypical fundraiser like the way we would like that like i grew up having bake bake sales sure but it was a fun time. Rice Krispie Treats it. and brownies or tamales. <laughs> Which, I feel like the reason that we have bake sales is because it's easy. I'm right. not sure. I think the reason that tamale fundraisers work is because it's hard. And good. <laughs> and nobody wants it's to make so them on good. their own. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's good. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, so, <laughs> a couple things I want to bring up in closing. One, the official so that the episodes always have their official theme the official theme for this one is the true meaning of christmas mm. sure which is the cop out we don't even know it's a what christmas the theme episode. is no no yeah but like, like sure. they so no true meaning. like no. that like that it's they're they're pulling that from that line that wit has of i don't hear a lot of traditions about jesus <laughs> yeah none of these involve the birth of christ which excellent <laughs> point wit Sure. These traditions aren't real. <laughs> yeah, also, no one does this. <laughs> one of them is, but the yes. other two. Yes. So the, the discussion questions for this episode. Like the gang in Odyssey, 
Do we ever get caught up in the holidays and traditions without giving glory to God? Mm. Like these are the these are the questions that there, there's two of them. But I'm like, this is this is the best shot I have at understanding what they were trying for with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, certainly. I I think that it's very hard to, especially during the Advent season, to like stay consistently present and uh like on that journey when so much else is going on at the same time like advent starts pretty much like right before finals start for college so it's like it's great i get super excited at the beginning i disappear for two weeks and then i come back in and guiltily catch up on my devotionals the week before (laughs) christmas but you know i i think that yeah i don't I don't feel like it's worse. Like, I would say that this Christmas, I've probably been more meditative about my appreciation of the season and everything, but I really miss a lot of, like, the festivities and stuff, like the the work parties and the, um, you know, the gift exchanges or, uh, like, if you go to see movies on Christmas Day, like, there's just so much fun stuff that happens around that time uh past and future guest of the show nathan haverstick's birthday is around christmas so that's always a highlight for me um so yeah i i don't know i much like this episode i have no <laughs> distinctive choices i like it both i think that this creates a bit of a false dichotomy in the phrasing of the question yeah oh man yeah of i i feel like well, yes, like, I, I get, like, the busyness pulling away from, like, especially, like, personal devotional time, like, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. The flip side is, like, I think, at least in my own family tradition and whatnot, that, like, coming together mm-hmm. and, like, it, like my... community. Yeah, yeah, just, like, the way, like, community works around the holiday, the traditions I have with, like, extended family, mm-hmm. it's all very, like centered on the like biblical traditional story of christmas mm-hmm. in a way that right feels like it really it's not taking away from that glory it's just mm-hmm. doing it in a way that's different than how i do it in day to day and that kind of rocks in its own way yeah i think that's kind of the point right <laughs> i i would tend to agree like i don't feel like the like I don't know, I feel like early 2000s, like, very much, like, the stuff that's fueling Elf. Mm -hmm. And, like, the whole tension of, like, everyone's, like, you know, going crazy and, like, all the... Commercial Black Friday. Correct. All the focus is on not the true spirit of Christmas, but all the commercial stuff and buying Mm -hmm. and whatever. And that just being, like, and that's, I mean, that's that's always present. But I feel like that's not the tension in my life. Mm -hmm. Um yeah so yeah i i i that's that's my that's my two cents on getting caught up in the holiday traditions like it yeah i find that to time to be beneficial in that manner Mm -hmm. yeah and i do think it is a both and like i think i very much feel what you're saying andrew of like there's just so much else going on like end of year things and parties and like needing to like i don't have all my gifts yet. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> Hopefully by the time this episode airs, you will. Oh, man, I hope so. Um, <laughs> but 
I also agree with what you're saying, Dylan, in that, like, if you're a person who very closely ties the symbols of Christmas to faith, like, when else are you going to see, like, things like that? Like, mm-hmm. even out, like, when you're, like, walking around Walmart and, mm-hmm. like, so, like, there's less of it, but, like, still you might catch a Christmas hymn. Like, when mm-hmm. are you going to hear, like, be doing your grocery shopping and hear, like, mild he lays his yeah. glory by, <laughs> born that man no more may die. Like, that rocks to, like, be out and about and hear that. Like, it's one of the, like... I don't know. It's just a place where that can come, like, and you see all these reminders. Like, if you associate all of those things with the birth of Christ, it's like there are just so many reminders around you to point you back toward that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well put. The other discussion question is, should we let the stress and pressure around Christmas affect us? Mm. You can't not let things affect you. <laughs> well, there is no option to just turn off feelings. That's called dissociation, my friend. And it's an ill-advised from most professionals. I, no, I, That's... but I agree in the sense that I do think it's really valuable to be self-aware because there is so mm. much community, uh, like, pressure and societal... Um, like presuppositions of like what Christmas should look like or mm. what Christmas ought to look like or how I ought to feel mm-hmm. um, in those environments that like I do think that that creates a lot of problems and I will say for my family and I'm about to dox all of them but because they've been <laughs> on the show but like there's been problems at Christmas where there's people have expectations and mom has an expectation and kids have an expectation and when those aren't met or there's a conflict between the two or something external comes in and shakes everything up, it creates all this drama because there's this, uh, yeah, there's a certain precedent of like, oh, it's gotta be great and good in this one kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm similar. I'm like, uh, y- yes, the stress and pressure, or like, I, I, the stress and pressure are not opt-in. <laughs> right. And so it's kind of a, but it, it is very much a, know yourself know your own limitations like some people are going to be able to roll with that way better than others we even get that in this literal episode Mm -hmm. we have the idea that like this is what like lucinda loves to do and uh, is exhausted by the concept lucia is thrilled by this and fueled by it and ava is burnt out as Mm -hmm. a result Mm -hmm. and so it's like i don't know know yourself be aware of those around you try to serve well mm-hmm. um well and also but, know your role in the situation yes. and don't don't like try to fulfill your role as best you can but don't take on anybody else's because <laughs> that's yeah i i would say that that was the most important thing portrayed from this episode to me was that kind of people are asking you to do stuff do we actually like it is this actually good whereas i feel like there's a lot of christian sentiment of like oh it's christmas of course you've got to like it's for jesus he couldn't (laughs) possibly want anything else other than for you to do this and um you know i i did appreciate the small amount of nuance that Mm -hmm. is included in the episode yeah well and i feel like that was what was like Chris's outro at the end talking about the shepherds and Mary and two Mm -hmm. different ways to respond to the birth of Christ. There's like the excited, like we're going to go tell everybody. And then there's Mary who's more reflective. And I thought that was like an interesting way to kind of sum up that dichotomy to Mm -hmm. say like, 
the like celebrations and all these things they're not bad like they're good like in mm-hmm. fact that's appropriate because yeah. the birth of christ is a big deal and we should be celebrating mm-hmm. and also it's good to like like both of these things are good and they don't have to be opposed to each other mm-hmm. like you're not doing it wrong yeah <laughs> exactly regardless of what you're doing you're do- good this is fine <laughs> um i don't any any yeah. last thoughts you feel like you got to get out of your system here before we before we wrap up i i would like to shout out gap digital again for doing what i could never do uh, no i i do think that fully on this episode is genuinely really good the way yeah. that it's conveyed uh, that they're changing locations the outside sounds the inside sounds yeah. uh the fog machine like all of that is I would say, aside from the giant gingerbread house, everything has a re- yeah. sounds really good. And the reason that that doesn't sound particularly good is because it's a made-up thing that only <laughs> exists in this. So we don't have any context for what it should sound like. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the part of the of the episode that really struggles. <laughs> but that is not on Gap Digital's. No, it's not their fault. I will say on that part with the gingerbread house, there's um I had to go back and listen to it and be like, wait a second um there's like after emily finds the last prize there's like a groan from the kids and i have to go i had to go back and listen and be like is that because they don't like emily or is it because the last prize is yeah. gone? <laughs> and i was like okay they didn't cheer for the other kids i was like i don't remember noticing like them being all upset about it i think it's because the last prize was fun but i had yeah. a moment of like oh <laughs> like, maybe we don't like, like emily. okay it's emily. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's that's funny yeah, yeah. um Oh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Brianna, is there anything you would like to plug, promote, shout out um, on this very special episode? Nope. Okay. Christmas. Christmas is good. There I like it. it. Yeah. It's fun. It's probably Christmas as you're listening to this or after. Merry because Christmas. I think it's coming out on Christmas. I don't know. <gasps> There's no consistency to when the Christmas episode comes out. Love that. Love that. The general thought is that it's supposed to come out the Tuesday of Christmas week. Tuesday of Christmas week is kind of like was the maybe original tradition, although I think Nathan's maybe does it. the first one maybe didn't. I know I know the one didn't because I uh, decided not to edit and instead build a puzzle that night. You were over for that, <laughs> was, Brianna. Uh, was that the puzzle that I came over for? That's so fun. You <laughs> it know, was uh, a Monday night, which is typically my edit night because I procrastinate and I I, I uh, just went. No, I'm gonna skip editing this tonight. So I think that one did come out on Christmas. <laughs> Good. Um, you know, I bought that puzzle for my dad for Christmas that year. The same one? No, a different design, but the yeah. same company. Nice. We can plug them. Yeah. Magic Puzzle Company. Magic cool puzzles. Puzzle Company. Great puzzles. Big fan. I'm not a puzzle person, but I had fun. <laughs> so that's that's something. That's a that's actually a pretty good. Yeah, I don't like puzzles. Anecdote. Testimony. You could have fooled me. Yeah. Well, it was a good puzzle. It was a fun puzzle there you go so you just haven't been doing the right puzzles yeah i guess <laughs> um I, I i i'm gonna shout two things out here real quick because christmas episode and i feel like it um we we referenced earlier uh my uh obnoxious taste in christmas music if you would like more of that <laughs> i have a christmas playlist i've plugged it years previous it is maybe the thing i have made that i am most proud of <laughs> we are now at over a hundred christmas songs all of them are unique 
So there are no, you're not getting two versions of Oh Holy Night, you're getting one. There is um, a lot of originals, a lot of newer versions of, of uh, old standards. Um, the general premise is I don't put songs on the playlist unless I know another song by the artist performing it. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm not doing like, this is just like the people who we only know for Christmas music. I'm looking yeah. at you, Buble. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm not... It's it's pretty modern, um, mm-hmm. last 20 years or so, predominantly, although there's a couple of others that squeeze in. And, yeah. Uh, How many killer songs are on the playlist? Three. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and, I, yeah, I'll put, I'll put the link there. And then also, if you're into weird, eclectic Christmas music, there's a really cool project by this guy called Slade Resurrections. Um he does a Christmas playlist every year that's done like a radio show. So it's all oh. edited as like one track and it, you can play through and people, you can submit throughout the year what Christmas songs you would like to be added to it. And that's it's very, very, cool. um, very weird. There's like fun interstitial, like people can record stuff and submit mm-hmm. it to be like little ad reads or whatever oh. throughout Um it's cool. I'll put the link in the description for that as well. It's, um, yeah, just because I, I, I want more people to know about that. I like Christmas music a lot in between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And then I don't think about it the rest of the time. But for those, for like that month period, it is predominantly what I'm listening to if I'm listening to music. Hmm. Yeah. And most of that is my playlist. <laughs> Love that for you. I'm very happy. Yeah. I would like to once again remind you that The Muppet Christmas Carol is the best <laughs> Christmas movie to ever come out. <laughs> great. Um, yeah, that's, that, that'll be my plug. It's okay. a great, great movie. Dylan, Brianna, go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> All right. Great. Now, no. Uh, maybe? I don't... Is that the Muppet movie I should start? I've never seen anything Muppets. Is that where I should start? Yeah. Honestly, that's where I started. Okay. Hmm. So, I mean, it's the Muppet movie I have the earliest memories of by a wide margin. Um, e- either that or Muppet Treasure Island is also good, but very different vein. I would, I think that uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best acted out of the two. Okay. Brianna, thank you so much for coming on today, for being willing yeah. to, to give up some of your time and lend your Spanish expertise <laughs> to our humble show here. Um, is it los or los angeles <laughs> yeah really expert um thank you for having me yeah absolutely and uh thank you folks for listening uh this is our last episode of the year um so we will be off for a little bit and then come back in the new year with something cool uh there will probably be a bonus episode a shorty where andrew and i talk to you about about what's new and what's coming um but until then Uh, I am Dylan Weaver, and unlike Focus on the Family, I will be wishing you a happy holidays. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. Grandma's Christmas Visit was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, with special guest Brianna Beers. 
It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.